I'm recording this the week of Galentine's and Valentine's, so we're talking all about healthy relationships, the connection cure, how relationships help your health. And I've got friends as well as clients who want to take care of their health and take care of relationships, but there's this sense of, what if I only have time for one? Which one should I do? It's kind of a trick question because the wider your circle of friends and the deeper some of those relationships go can impact your health, actually does, research shows us, does impact your physical health. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. You want to transform your life, to take care of your body, to strengthen your mind, and you want to do it in a way that fits your real lifestyle. Real wellness is for you. I'm Sherry Traxler, a transformation mentor, national speaker, and author, and I'm here to help you unlock your capacity to be, do, and have all you want. Join me every week for the proven principles and the strategies that actually work in your real life. It is so exciting that you are here investing in yourself today. Pat yourself on the back. This is where you belong. Welcome to Real Wellness. I'm going to highlight the research for you and tell you a couple of stories and then finish with three really powerful, fun resources. One of these I already have. And one, as soon as I get done recording this, I'm going to be ordering it because I got so inspired when I was researching for this episode. So a little bit on the research. Dr. Sheldon Cohen, a psychologist at the Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, he's been exploring the links between relationships and health for like 30 years or more. And in one of the studies that I found, his team exposed more than 200 healthy volunteers to, and I, I don't know if I would volunteer to be part of this study, but he, he exposed them to the common cold virus and then observed them for a week in a controlled setting. And here's what they found. The more diverse people's social networks, the more types of connections that they had, the less likely they were to develop a common cold after they've been exposed to the virus. So your immune system is stronger when you have a diverse group of friends, when you have a diverse groups of relationships. Also, when they also found that if people have different types of connections, they tend to have better health behaviors, like smoke, they don't smoke, they don't overdrink, things like that. I just have a personal thing with this going, well, you are like who you hang around, so I'm going to make the assumptions that the people in those studies hung around people who didn't do health, who didn't do behaviors that would hurt their health. So just a little side note, yes, it does help you with your health behaviors as long as the people you're hanging out with are making healthy choices too. All of this was really good information for me personally, because with having different types of connections, having a wide social network is something I used to I used to not really be that interested in. I was like, I really just want a, you know, a few close friends that we have a whole lot of stuff in common. Well, I'm just going to list a few of the things that I'm interested in, that I like to be involved in or learn about, explore. So outdoors, you know I like to hike. So outdoors, history, especially late medieval to neo-Gothic period, I like to learn about that museums, dance, art, travel, cultures, spiritual stuff, 
games, gardening, medicinal herbs. If you've heard me talk about medicinal herbs on the YouTube channel and here, martial arts, sword fighting, science fiction. I've even gone to a Dragon Con conference. That's a pop culture, science fiction type conference. I like water skiing. I like working out in the gym. I just, I've got all these diverse interests. And it was really silly of me to think I could find one or two friends who covered all those same bases. I mean, that's not, that's not probably going to happen. But that actually now works to my advantage that I can have friends, relationships in different spheres like that. So now I have friends who hate doing nature stuff. They think camping is when the storm knocks the electricity out for an hour. And after I do get the not being totally into nature, because after a day of hiking, I want a bed in a cabin. I do not want to pitch a tent. Some people do. Go for it. Not me. But I've also got other friends who think that going to museums is high-minded and stuffy. So for me now, it's a, it's a benefit to know, okay, I can have friends in different groups. And one of the things that Cohen found or said is it's generally healthy for people to try to belong to different groups, to volunteer in different ways, to be involved in a church or involved in their neighborhood. Involvement with other people across diverse situations clearly can have a very potent, very positive effect on health. So I'm like, yes, thank you, Dr. Cohen. Now that's going to keep me fueled to have different friends instead of trying to find one or two who have all the same interest. So that's point number one, your immune system is stronger. Also in the research, we see that you are more stress resilient with friends. This is if you are in a high conflict situation, lots of stress at work or lots of stress in something else going on in your life, but you also have a high level of social support, you seem protected with the stress. In addition, Hugging seems to shield against stress. People who've reported frequent hugs are less likely to develop an infection after exposure to a common cold virus. And I thought this was interesting because I started thinking back to the five love languages. If you're familiar with that book and that research. So one of the five love languages is physical touch. And Dr. David Rabin, a different researcher, talks about how what he calls, I think it's soothing touch. So it's kind touch. It's a hug. It's a back scratch, which happened to always be my mother's favorite. And that calms the nervous system. And I remember how, I hadn't even planned on telling this story. I remember how when my mother was my high school English teacher and when I was a child, she would come home after a day of teaching school and she would be stressed, exhausted, whatever. And she would lay on the sofa and I would either take off her makeup, I would play a little spa time and take off her makeup or brush her hair or things like that. And she became a different person then. It really calmed her nervous system down to do that. So the flip of this is, of course, that when Dr. Cohen talks about this, if you're in a rocky relationship, if you're in a stressful, cynical, sarcastic, mean relationship, it can negatively impact wound healing, and it also increases your stress hormones. So I had a previous marriage, and that marriage was not healthy. So I encourage you, do what I did in that, and that was get therapy, get some help, because those relationships are increasing your stress hormones. They are decreasing your immune system strength. 
However, this is not a marriage therapy session or anything like that. I'm just saying if you are in rough relationships, whether it's work or home, whatever, get some help out of that. And also during that, that is a great time to expand your circle of support. So like when I was in that bad marriage, having support at church and work and extended family really helped me during that. What happens in the body physically when you are in healthy relationships? So you have different neurotransmitters or chemicals like oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin. These are all involved in positive experiences and happiness. And you may have heard of oxytocin being called the love hormone, and it's responsible for bonding and for trust. And dopamine and serotonin have been shown to increase with healthy relationships. So these things are great for your brain. They're great for your body. They're great for your functioning overall. Cortisol, which we think of it as the stress hormone, but it, it, in, it, you need it in healthy ranges. It has a positive effect on your body. However, with too much stress and too much cortisol over the long term can negatively impact your health, poor insulin regulation, heart disease, increased inflammation, a weakened immune system. So the flip of that is also true. If you're in healthy relationships and therefore keeping your cortisol in healthy levels, it means that you're going to have less inflammation. It means that you're going to have better gut health, better sleep. In fact, there's even been some research that shows positive relationships decrease your risk of dementia. In 2021, there was a meta-analysis done in the, and it was published in the Frontiers of Psychology showing how loneliness, not being alone, but loneliness created hormonal responses that compromised normal functions of your organs and increased your cardiovascular disease risk. All of the folks who are introverts listening don't hear that you can't be alone. This is not about being alone because if you're an introvert, being alone gives you energy. That's when you replenish your energy. But you do that while making sure that your relationships are strong so that you can be alone but not experience loneliness because you can even be in a crowd and be lonely, right? This is about the emotional feeling of loneliness where you, instead of having healthy relationships, you feel like there's this disconnect related to your relationships. So what do we do with all this? This is where it gets really Fun for me is thinking about how am I going to build my friendships in 2024? And so I'm challenging you to think about how you're going to build your friendships this year to help your health. And it's interesting when we're in school, high school, college, whatever, you have friendship activities built into your life. You've got things that you're doing extracurricular, you've got study groups, you've got you're working alongside but independently versus work groups where you're actually, you know, the people that you work with, they may be friends, but it's different because your employees together or your coworkers together, it's just different. So you really do have to go out of your way to make friends. And then you have to invest in those family relationships and those friendships. As I mentioned earlier, don't try to get all from one or two relationships, which was my old way of thinking. Have a network of different types. You don't have to be a social butterfly, but have some connections at a church, a synagogue. Have some relationships through some volunteer work. I've got a friend who worked for a dog walking company, and so they got people connection and pet connection at that time. 
You can start a walking group. You can call a friend while you are walking. I do that a lot to catch up with friends is I'll be walking and talking with a friend on the phone. You can join a gym class. Community centers in your community probably have some type of physical activity classes, or maybe there are art classes. Maybe there's some other types of classes of things that you are interested in. And if there's not, you can start one. Think of an activity that you want to do with other people and start a meetup group for that. It was interesting yesterday at a business meeting, one of the other business owners is an artist from Russia, and she just started teaching art lessons. So that's the type of thing to look for of what's out there that I could go do with a friend. Now, here are the three resources. I was so excited when I was researching this and found this. So first one is we're not really strangers. And I will put these in the show notes so that you have links to them. These are conversation games with really off the wall, interesting and meaningful questions. And what I love about this website is, and, and the products that they have is they have card decks, question decks, game decks for family, some for friends, some for couples, one for forgiveness. Like if you've got somebody that you're working through some things on forgiveness, it's that, some healing relationships. And here's my challenge to you is not just to get a game like this, a card game like this, and sit and talk through the questions. You can do that. But also take this on a walk and talk. Take a stack of the cards and do this on a walk and talk. Or I've got clients who do food prep with family members, and that's when they have some deep conversations. So having these game cards ready when you're standing around doing food prep side by side. So that's number one. It's called We're Not Really Strangers, and they've got lots of different game decks. Number two is one of my favorite all-time books. I already have this one. It's from Harvey McKay, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. You know, I love the title, but just that whole thought of you don't wait until you have crisis in your life and needing support. Like one of the things that is happening for my husband and I right now is we just had a close family member pass away. And being able to not just rely on one or two persons to give us support during that. I've already had people in my work circle, you know, other business owners who have connected with me and supported me. I've had people at church who have reached out. I've had friends that I've had for years. It's just so good to have support from different areas. You're not relying on just one person, but that's built through Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. And then number three, the third resource is called Let's Roam. And this was the coolest website I found. Uh, they have scavenger hunts. They have team building games and events. And I'm not affiliated by, so you know, I'm not affiliated with any of these I just really think they're neat and wanted to make sure you knew about them. Um, they also have, and this is what I'm going to be ordering, is Adventures from Scratch books. And they have versions for friends, a book for family, and another book for couples for date nights. So that is something I'm getting for Doug and I, my husband Doug and I, to give us some ideas for date nights. Because, you know, after you've been married a while, sometimes you lose ideas of what to go do interesting on a date night and ways to connect and get to know each other more even after you've been married for how long have we been married? 30, uh, 20, 17, 18, somewhere between 16 and 18 years. Do not tell him I don't know how long we've been married. So bottom line with this is 
Invest the time in healthy relationships because it is time you're investing in your wellness. When you add other healthy habits along with it, like movement or sunshine or meal prep or things like that, do it. Uh, that's that's going to be even better. But just develop the habit of being in those healthy relationships. You are created to be a socially connected person and you are a whole person. So that means your cardiovascular system, your brain health and productivity, your digestive health, all of these are not separate from your relationships. So I mentioned one of my goals for this year is to expand and deepen my relationships. And that includes with you. So please email me, Sherry, S-H-E-R-I, at thevireolife.com, T-H-E-V-I-R-E-O, life, about topics that you would like on this podcast. That will get us connected because then I can talk about the things that you specifically want me to talk about. Here is to making this your best year in all areas of your wellness, including your relationships. Thank you for joining me and investing in yourself today. Who else do you know who needs to hear this? Share this episode with a friend. And until next time, find your path to real wellness and fulfill your potential.